0: But this show will continue to help you understand the things that affect your health while looking for unexpected discoveries along the way. It will also explore thought-provoking ideas and questions, like this one.
1: A stroke is characterized by having poor blood flow to part of the brain, leading to cell death. They are grossly divided into ischemic and hemorrhagic strokes, with around 15-20% to of strokes being hemorrhagic. A hemorrhagic stroke results from rupture of a blood vessel leading to bleeding, compared to ischemic stroke that have a sudden occlusion of a blood vessel. Within hemorrhagic strokes, there are two main types. Intracerebral, meaning bleeding within the brain itself, which can be an intraparenchymal hemorrhage, whether it's bleeding within the brain tissue, or an intraventricular hemorrhage where there is bleeding within the ventricular system of the brain. Around 1 in 3 intracerebral hemorrhages are into the ventricles. Intracerebral hemorrhage is most commonly caused by hypertension and age-related cerebral amyloid angiopathy, which is where deposition of amyloid beta peptide in the vessels leads to a weaker vessel structure, which is then, therefore, more likely to bleed. The other main type, is a subarachnoid haemorrhage, where the bleed occurs between the arachnoid matter and the pia matter. Subarachnoid haemorrhages can be due to trauma, or can be spontaneous. In 85% of cases, a spontaneous subarachnoid haemorrhage is caused by rupture of a cerebral aneurysm, with the most common locations being the anterior communicating artery in 35% of cases, internal carotid artery in 30%, and middle cerebral artery in 22%. In 30% of cases, there are multiple aneurysms. The remaining 15% may be caused by rupture of an arteriovenous malformation, coagulopathy, or extension of an intraparenchymal bleed. Note that both of these types of hemorrhagic stroke are considered intracranial bleeds. However, other types of intracranial bleeds, such as epidural and subdural hemorrhages,
0: Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. The signs and symptoms of
1: hemorrhagic strokes can be similar to those of acute ischemic stroke. For example, focal neurological deficits such as a loss of motor function on one side of the body, involving the face, the arm or the leg, a loss of sensation or slurring of the speech. The part of the body affected is determined by the location of the bleed, and the cranial nerves may be affected, which would generate deficits in the face and neck. Some notable differences between the presentation of an acute ischemic stroke and a hemorrhagic stroke is that headache and a lower level of consciousness are seen commonly following a hemorrhagic stroke, but are uncommon in acute ischemic stroke. For hemorrhagic strokes caused by a subarachnoid hemorrhage in particular, a thunderclap headache or neck pain is common, and may be why the patient came to seek medical advice. They may describe it as the worst headache of their life, and they may also mention having had milder headaches in the previous weeks, which represent aneurysmal leakage, prior to the rupture. Other potential findings can include nausea and vomiting, seizures, and even photophobia. Following stabilization and an assessment which may include the FAST or ROSIER scores, if a stroke is suspected, the patient should undergo a non-contrast CT of the head. A non-contrast CT will show acute coagulated blood as white or hyperdense, which will then allow a diagnosis of a hemorrhagic stroke rather than an acute ischemic stroke. And therefore, treatments for acute ischemic stroke, such as antiplatelet agents or thrombolysis, that would exacerbate a hemorrhagic stroke are not given. In a few instances, the clinical history may suggest a subarachnoid hemorrhage, but the CT will not show blood. In these cases, a lumbar puncture is indicated, looking for xanthochromia, which is a yellow staining of the CSF, due to the presence of bilirubin. CT angiography may also be done, looking specifically at the vasculature, to identify an aneurysm or arteriovenous malformation. As part of the acute treatment, the patient must be stabilised before imaging, and this may involve intubation and protection of the airway, especially in patients with a low GCS. Blood pressure control is an important aspect of the acute management of hemorrhagic stroke. And according to the NICE guidelines, rapid blood pressure reduction is offered in patients who present within 6 hours of symptom onset and have a blood pressure between 150 and 220 systolically, with the aim of reducing them to 130 to 140 within an hour and to maintain this for at least 7 days. If they present after 6 hours or have a systolic blood pressure of 220 or more, rapid blood pressure control can still be considered. Exclusions to the reduction of blood pressure include people with an underlying structural cause, such as an aneurysm, an arteriovenous malformation, or a tumour. Those who have a GCS below 6 are likely going for neurosurgery or have a very large hematoma with poor prognosis. Libetilol is a commonly used agent and nimodipine may be used in subarachnoid haemorrhage as it is thought to prevent vasospasm, which could end up generating ischemia. Other agents include nicardipine, an ACE inhibitor like enalapril, or the vasodilator hydralazine. In cases of a raised intracranial pressure, the management will include a positional change of the bed to around 30 degrees, and osmotic agents like mannitol may be used. Hyperventilation therapy may also be indicated if the intracranial pressure remains high. Surgical therapies can include decompressive craniectomies or varying forms of aspiration. As for the secondary prevention following the hemorrhagic stroke, the modifiable risk factors include hypertension, which produces the largest risk, and smoking cessation. Dyslipidemia is also considered a risk factor that may be modified with statins. Alcohol consumption should also be reduced and due to coagulopathy and thrombocytopenia, Chronic liver disease is also considered to increase the risk of intracerebral bleeds. Avoidance of substance misuse, such as cocaine, is also recommended. Patients who have multiple aneurysms who have had a rupture will require
0: treatment of their remaining aneurysms due to the higher risk of ruptures. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in.